Welcome to The Penny Drops, the Royal London podcast series simplifying finance to help more people, like you, make better informed money decisions. Royal London recommends you seek professional independent financial advice before making financial decisions. All views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and not of Royal London. Hello, I'm Andrea Fox, journalist, broadcaster and host of the Penny Drops podcast, where I speak to some of the best financial experts out there. Now, this podcast was recorded during the coronavirus outbreak, so please do excuse any sound issues as we're recording remotely. And remember, for the latest information on financial support and benefits, visit gov.uk forward slash coronavirus. Now, are you one for making New Year's resolutions and do you stick to them? In this episode of The Penny Drops, I'm speaking to multi-award winning financial journalist and radio presenter Georgie Frost, who's guiding us through how we can make better money decisions in the year ahead. Joining Georgie is comedian, writer and TV presenter Josh Widdicombe, co-host of Channel 4's The Last Leg and frequent panel show guest. He's talking to us about how 2020 and the coronavirus pandemic impacted his career and how he manages his finances in uncertain times. Georgie and Josh, thanks so much for joining me. Thank Thank you. Now, 2020 was obviously a strange year for everyone. Let's start with a highlight, though, first. Was there anything good, maybe, Georgie, that was a big highlight last year for you? Highlights? I mean, look, it's really difficult to talk about highlights in what's been um, Mm. a a weird year. Should we put it that way? Um, I met my partner. Uh, I spent six weeks in Spain by accident I only intended to spend 10 days he's Spanish you see so we went out there and then the government decided to change their mind after four days and we sort of got stuck I use inverted <laughs> commas there because there are worse places to be stuck than six weeks in yeah. Spain and uh, we moved to North Yorkshire together so I mean it's been a bizarre old year for me um and then there was the global pandemic haven't seen my family and that sort of thing um but yeah Gosh. there were some highlights one. in there memorable <laughs> indeed and Josh any highlights of 2020 for you then um, well, obviously, you're trying to look for a silver lining, really, aren't you? Um, the fact Plymouth Argyle got promoted because they couldn't finish the season and we were still in third position was a bonus. Um, I'd also say, and in all seriousness, uh, I know there's this kind of feeling that lockdown took you away from your friends. But, um, and I know there's a lot of kind of people who didn't enjoy Zooming and Zoom quizzes in particular, but... I had a group of friends and every Saturday during the first lockdown, we'd do a Zoom quiz. And I wouldn't have seen these friends nearly as much. And I wouldn't have ever, we wouldn't have all been available at the same time. We wouldn't have all come together. In a weird way, that kind of lockdown has brought me together with friends that maybe I just wouldn't have seen nearly as much, even, you know, physically. So in a weird way, that was a kind of lovely thing was you realised who you're kind of who you were very close to and who you wanted to see more of when this is all over yeah i wasn't expecting you to vote for zoom quizzes but it's uh... no i think i've really misjudged the mood of the nation on that one (laughs) now it is a new year and before we get into the finance sort of discussion any sort of new habits or new hobbies or new resolutions not to do with finance that you're both sort of thinking of georgie obviously you've now got to become a yorkshire lass i imagine i i i'm I'm doing my best i'm doing my best Uh, i'm gonna just Put the dampener on this and say, look, I'm I'm not a massive fan generally of New Year's resolutions. Um, just to set my stool up early on this one, okay. I think that by and large we set ourselves up to feel like failures. I know some people succeed, but generally the fact that you have to do the same thing every year um, means that you're not quite getting it right. Um, and also, whenever I say something like, oh, I want to do more art, because I'm a big art fan of of painting, mm. it turns something pleasurable or, or doing more exercise or reading more books or something into what can feel like a bit of a chore. Um, mm. But be that as it may, 
I think we, I laughed at Josh, and I'm sorry, Josh, I didn't mean it. But um, the Zoom, what you, the essence of what you were talking about with Zoom is connecting with people that perhaps you don't normally connect with so much. Or what I want to do for this year, for 2021, is to focus on the positive things that came out of 2020. Look, it was a difficult year for many people, mm. but there were many good elements to it. There may not be a whole year of great elements, but certainly moments. You know, things like. Okay, I'll call my mum more. That is probably a New Year's resolution I say every year. Um, but, you know, I will. I will be more engaged. I will, you know, focus much more on my work-life balance. I've been mm. very bad at that. But this year's forced me to do it. Be more patient. This has been the year of Zoom glitches and the like. You know, just just get on with it and just be grateful. It's the things that I enjoy. Like I'm, a, I'm a mad football fan as well. We'll get onto that, I'm sure. But... I have missed going to sports so much, but oh, mostly because I'd go with my dad, I'd go with my brother, my uncle. It was a family occasion, and I think I will never take that for granted again. And that is my New Year's resolution, I guess, to take the good stuff from 2020 and really try and distill it and take it forward. Not just 21, but forever. The, I can't tell you what I'd pay to go and watch Plymouth Argyle fail to turn up and lose 2 <laughs> 0 at a football ground somewhere on the m25 <laughs> that would just be the thrill of a lifetime for me i'd i'd appreciate that so much more than i ever did before <laughs> is that going to be one of your new year's resolutions then this year josh um it is now um i think um i think it's the first year where you can genuinely say my resolution is to go to the pub more which <laughs> i'm quite excited about because now the pub feels like a cultural event rather than a complete waste of an evening. So I'm delighted to be able to push for that more in the new year. Um, on a kind of serious work note, um, my friend and excellent comedian James Acaster said something to me. I don't even know whether he remembers saying it, if it's one of his tenants in life, but it's become kind of one of mine, which is that every year, as well as doing the kind of ongoing work you've got, he will try and give himself a project whether it's a new book or a podcast or a stand-up that is different is something completely new and a challenge and something that takes him out of his comfort zone so every year I try and just do one kind of work project that I feel scared by and feel wow. like is out of my comfort zone I think that's a good way to not go stale work-wise <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good one, really good one. Um, and I wonder if you've come across in, because I imagine, George, you end up writing about resolutions maybe every year. Uh, Josh, with, as you mentioned, James Acaster, your comedian colleagues, have you had any unusual resolutions that you've come across in the past? It wasn't a New Year's resolution, but I remember a thing that happened which was called, like, which a few people did and I tried to do, which was called Write a Novel in a Month. And so you, you already, you're going, well, I need to do 2,000 words a day. <laughs> and it just becomes, and then you miss a couple of days. And then you're like, I need to do 6,000 words to catch up. And by about the 20th, you're looking at one day of 40,000 words. <laughs> and the whole thing just is too much pressure. It's, I'm not going to lie, it's not the way to write a novel. <laughs> Georgie, any unusual resolutions you've come across? This wasn't actually intended as a New Year's resolution. This was early on in January. Basically, I'd got a phone call saying... Would you mind coming in giving a speech on how to be a top female financial broadcaster? And I thought, yeah, when I know, I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> so two days to plan this. I was actually replacing you know, the brilliant broadcaster and journalist Sarah Pennells, who's now with Royal London. Yes. Um, 
She's been I on was, this podcast as well, actually. She is phenomenal. And so I had massive boots to fill. Um, there were people there from the FT, Sunday Times, Channel 4 and me. And um, I thought afterwards, if I can do this, right, I, can do, I can do anything. And so there <laughs> was born my year of yes. So a bit like what Joshua was saying, mm. but for everything. So for every oh. work opportunity that came my way, because bear in mind, a lot of people had just been made redundant at the station that I was a radio presenter at the time. Mm. And I thought anyone can go start of a new year. Any job offer that comes my way, I have to say yes. So long as it doesn't contradict. But yeah. And I learned so much in that. I mean, I did all sorts. I did a 45-minute live show on Asian equities. At the time, I had to Google what Asian equities were. (laughs) That's pressure. Uh, I mean, I did things like Sky Sports, all those sorts of things. Uh, Hosted lots of events, Q&A panels, etc. And I learned, like I said, so much. I mean, one is it's okay to be second choice. I was second choice a fair amount. Just make sure that you're first choice next time. And once you take away the doubt... I think we talk ourselves out of so much. But once I was like, well, you, you can't say no. You have to say yes. Mm. Actually, you just get on with it. And you can surprise yourself by what you can do. And sometimes you surprise yourself by what you can't do. But that's okay too. It's okay to, quote, fail. You're not really failing. Mm. You're learning. And, and how rubbish is it if we're excellent at everything all the time? What can we ever work towards? Yeah, that's such a good tip. And let's get into the finance then, because obviously lots of people will be making New Year's resolutions, like the ones we've just discussed, but also they'll want to be taking stock of their finances. So what are sort of the typical financial resolutions, Georgie, that people tend to make at this time of year? Um, save more, spend less, generally. Um <laughs> Do people stick to that, though? Uh, yeah, no, not really. Um, <laughs> I would say largely no, no. And the reason um, no is because I think it's, it's a little bit vague. You need to know what you're saving for and, and know yourself. Know thyself. Mm. It's, a, it's a good phrase. Um, otherwise, like anything, a fitness regime, anything like that will fail. Know where your weaknesses are. Um, if you have perhaps a more set goal, like I want to save a certain amount or I, mm. I'm looking to buy a house, you that's when people tr- tend to fulfill their financial resolutions. But if it's very vague, the save more, spend less, we kind of fail at the first hurdle, don't we? Mm, that's a good tip to make it a little bit more specific, like I want to save X amount or I want to save for X. Josh, have you got any financial resolutions for the year ahead? Are you hoping to save more, spend less? I am hoping to save more. No, I'm, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm hoping to save nothing, <laughs> spend more. No, um, I, I think it's little things that grind me with my own spending that so um less taxis um <laughs> less delivery delivery or or uber eats or just eat obviously um i think things less easy spending and more doing things that i used to do as a matter of course but now feel like an effort like walking somewhere or cooking <laughs> dinner or or those things i think that is um that's the main thing that winds me up about myself with money. I think the way to do it is, for me, is to focus on those little things rather than this grand over scheme that means that every time I spend money, it feels like it's breaking a resolution. Mm, yeah, putting a lot of pressure on yourself as well, yeah. then, which means you're more likely to fail, as George has already mentioned it. Yes. Start the podcast. but Oh, I will fail. Let's be very clear <laughs> on that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we've just had Christmas. That can always be expensive. 2020 was a difficult year for lots of people. Lots of us might be starting the year in debt. So, Georgie, what's sort of, in your experience, the right way to focus? Should we be prioritising debts before we start thinking about saving in 2021? 
um, it is always a good idea to pay off your debts first, especially expensive debts, things like credit cards and loans. You're generally going to be paying much more for, uh, let's say, the interest rate on an overdraft, which can mm. be up to 50% now. Wow. You know, in the past, that could have been a cheaper way to borrow, not anymore, uh, than you will get from saving or even investing. You know, it will also give you that kind of fresh start especially at 2021 start of a new year we want to be looking to the positives you want that peace of mind but what i will say in terms of prioritizing debt a lot of personal finance journalists will say and it's right to say you know you pay that expensive debt first absolutely mm -hmm. right but there are priority literal priority debts first too i.e the ones that can have very serious consequences if you don't pay so if for example mortgage payment debt mm -hmm. income tax council tax energy bills you know you can be given a court order you could lose your home you could have your mm. heating cut off right so those are literal priority debts then you focus on things like the more expensive ones like credit cards but like i said you know okay. it is peace of mind what you want to be doing if you can't pay it all off look at trying to shift that debt to making it a little bit cheaper so perhaps if okay. you can a zero percent spend credit card zero percent credit card um, obviously they save the best rates for those who've got the best credit scores but that doesn't mean that you can't get some sort of a cheaper deal for yourself because the last thing you want to be doing is paying interest when you could be paying off your debt because that money just mm. goes to the bank and you don't mm. want the bank to have it you want you to be paying off your debt yeah and i suppose have you got any tips we've talked about how difficult resolutions are to stick with have you got any tips for sticking to our financial resolutions throughout the year have a goal as i said before mm -hmm. have that goal in mind what are you saving for and i'll say this with anything whether you're saving you're investing have a goal are you buying a house perhaps you're getting married in a couple of years you've just had a child or perhaps you're just saving to buy something at the end of the year I don't know. again know thyself know your weaknesses <laughs> when are you most likely retail therapy is a thing people yeah. it is real yeah know when you're most susceptible for me it's if i'm feeling rubbish i've had a rubbish day something mm. like that have a plan B in mind. Don't have the sites that you regularly spend on save your card details. That's a big tip. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, it's a good love, tip. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, that's yours if you want One it. One click um, purchase is like, like with Josh was saying with the Deliveroo. It's just so easy. It's, it's so easy. So convenient, isn't it? I had a um, I had a subscription to something that I kept meaning to cancel, and I lost mm -hmm. my debit card. And it defaulted into cancellation. It's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. <laughs> and that is amazing. That's, that inertia, we'll get to that when we talk about retirement savings, can be used to your benefit. But look, in terms of keeping your financial resolutions, little and often, you said, you know, set yourself check-in points, maybe once a month. It's okay, and I say to quote, fail. You know, allow yourself cheat days. Try to do better next month. Look, did I fail and splurge four days in January? Well, let's make it three in February. Hmm. What's a great one for me? put pressure on myself tell people on social media that i'm doing something or get a buddy to come along with me because there's mm. nothing worse than people going oh, how are you getting on mm, i failed <laughs> um that can really pressure works in your favor sometimes get in a good habit and that will last you a lifetime not just so we don't keep saying this every year what you can do resolution make this a resolution for life so as we all know 2020 was a very difficult year for everyone some industries hit harder than most arts and entertainment one that was really badly affected with venues closing events being cancelled and georgia you've mentioned working at a radio station already you've been on tv radio events you also coach a local london football team um, so really how not anymore. Did, yeah, I was going to say, so what are, what are some of the effects of the pandemic on, on your life? 
Um, it's been absolutely huge. In terms of work, I, I was thinking, just very strange, because I was thinking before everything struck, you know what, I could do this. I'm a, I'm a journalist and broadcaster, and, and much mm. of it, certainly the written journalism, you can do it from home. Let, let's make no bones about it. If I was living 10, 20, 30 years before, I would be stuffed. Yeah. Um, but because we have things like Zoom, you know, I made very sure early on that I got myself all the gear that I might need. But, you know, so yeah. in terms of work, you know, it's opened up new revenue streams, mm. you know, because a lot of businesses, they still want these events. They still want to make a, a mark. So they're doing yeah. things like podcasts, webinars. Yes. all those sorts of things that I'd never done I'm now doing and I'm doing it all from home the pandemic mm. changed so so much for so many people yeah and I'm sure Josh you can completely go along with that I mean I remember watching last leg episodes that you were recording remotely with Adam in Melbourne so what sort of things were cancelled or rescheduled for you in 2020 uh well obviously last year was nothing like I anticipated I mean it would be very strange if I had anticipated it <laughs> but um I think, well, firstly, I should say, obviously, I think the comedy industry has been, hu- mm. as with all performing industries, has been hugely, hugely affected. And I'm really, in the grand scheme of the industry, I'm one of the l- lucky ones in that mm. a lot of the work that I've lost has been delayed. So um, yeah. we were meant to do the Paralympics with Last Leg, but that'll be next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was literally in the middle of a tour uh, I did Stockport and then wow. I didn't do Dudley and I'm still waiting to do Dudley. So um, <laughs> these are things that they're not cancelled. They will happen. So it's not a huge panic. I haven't had a time in like there's comics who've had everything ripped out of their diary. And mm. that's if you're relying on live performance, yeah. um, theatres and comedy clubs, the best ones rely on being people being put close together with a low ceiling in a mm. dark room mm. everything that makes live comedy good is the worst thing you could have in the time of a pandemic yeah so it's been hugely affected in that way from my own perspective um i, th- I think it's just changed a lot of the way jobs work so uh, uh, the gigs i do work so for instance tv shows um we did last leg. I had a, you know, makeshift studio put in the loft, which I didn't do myself. I should hasten to add. I would not, <laughs> I would not have been broadcasting like that. Um, and so we did it for five weeks from home in the middle of the pandemic. And that was strange. It was not dissimilar, really, to this in the sense mm. of it was, although because Adam was in Australia, there was a second delay. So it was even more kind of... Um, a strange way to do comedy entertainment but um now we're back in the studio uh last leg is continuing now in the studio but we haven't got an audience yes which to be honest with you there's been really interesting like in terms of just you know that has made the show a different show in what i find has been quite a positive way because you you find from your restrictions that you know, restrictions don't always make things worse. Do you know what I mean? They make you find a solution. And actually the show's become a lot more kind of discursive and chatty with the guests. And there's not this kind of feeling that everyone needs to get their joke in to get a big reaction. So everyone's more relaxed. So there is positives from that. We talked about virtual events and lots of comedians were doing online gigs. So was that something that you didn't necessarily, Josh, need to engage in? Or do you feel like it just wasn't something 
that you really wanted to um, do? So I did a few. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really interesting world, the online gig, because I think there's there's two sides of how comedians have used online to uh, deal with the fact that they couldn't perform live. So on the one side, um, I think the podcast industry is, you know, a huge mm. growing area of comedy, and it was anyway, yeah. but I think this has really taken it kind of you know taking it to the next level and I think one of the things it showed people is that you don't need to be in a studio I think you know prior to the lockdown I don't think we would have thought that this was feasible to do down the line I think there'd be a feeling that you need those visual cues you need that that chemistry of being in a room you know but people adapted people bought every you know I don't know a comic that doesn't own a microphone now at home Right, and yeah, and comics starting their podcasts for that extra revenue totally, stream. Totally, I started a podcast with Rob Beckett um, about parenting in lockdown, and we would, it was just for something to do, do you know what I mean? Mm. We were like this, it was an outlet, I suppose, partly through mm. parenting, partly from a creative outlet, and it was really popular, yeah. and it's it snowballed, and now it doesn't even, we're still doing it, we don't really mention lockdown, really, it's just interviewing comedians and famous people about parenting kind of mishaps and stuff and so it um you know you get that out of it so that's the one side that's podcasts has become a huge way for Mm. people to have that outlet yeah definitely and I suppose we've talked a lot about the arts and entertainment industry but loads of other sectors where there are self-employed people they couldn't work in the pandemic even full-time workers were impacted in 2020 we saw lots of high street chains either uh, going into administration or facing an uncertain future so Georgie I wondered whatever people employment status at the moment what are ways that we can all make sure we're a bit more financially resilient for unexpected shocks like the whole of 2020 (laughs) I'll get on to that in just a second, I do want to just say something to what Josh said there is that, yeah. it, and what you said, look, it has been incredibly difficult uh, for the arts and entertainment industry, like you said, among other sectors. But I am massively hopeful because there is no way that webinars, that online stuff, that podcasts even come close to that feeling mm. of being live. And it's not just arts and entertainment. I mean, we're talking about sport and all that, but just my other half is Spanish. And he's like, what? I don't understand. Why, why are you so into going to the pub? That makes me sound like an alcoholic. I'm not. <laughs> it's but such was, a hard thing to explain, isn't it? Ambience. He learned a new word. Ambience. You know, oh. it's that just being there around other people. You get energy from other people and you cannot replicate that online as great as online has been for all of us in our industries at the moment and those people are able to work from home I'm really optimistic because I don't know about obviously you're in this industry Josh but it certainly made me dying to go and see theatre and stand-up mm. comedy that I you know I perhaps went to maybe two or three last year as soon as the doors are open I'll be there banging going in you know I think yeah sport- when's well, the Dudley when's I, the I Dudley think- rescheduled date <laughs> I don't know they're currently being kicked down the road again and again mm. I think I think that is you know, I think that's what we're forever hopeful. I'll have discussions and you're like, when comedy starts again, is no one going to want to go out and spend a load of money on a night out because of the financial kind of situation? Mm. Or is it going to be more popular than it ever was? Because, you know, it's an experience that people suddenly feel was taken away from them. Mm. And obviously, 
you you hope to God it's the second one. <laughs> because, I think, yeah, I because, think it's about priorities as well, though. Everyone's different, yeah. obviously. Everyone will be different. But I think we're looking at the way we're spending our money. Where mm. have I spent my money in the past and where do I want it to go in the future? Mm. There's so much more than just the someone standing up st- on stage and making you laugh. But yeah, hell, yeah. couldn't we all do with a laugh as well? Oh, can't mm. wait. We but in, in answering you. your question, yes, look, it, as I said, it's been... It's been a tale of two, three, four, five stories for lots of different people. Some people have saved and managed to save lots of money. Lots of people haven't. And a lot of people will be worried. And I'd say to everyone, there are there are lessons to, to be learned here. Whether you are feeling comfortable at the moment, whether you are you know, a bit worried about your job or whether you are really stuck. You know, there are things that everybody should be doing right now, because if 2020 is taught us anything, you know, there are unexpected shocks and unexpected shocks around the corner. You know, we had 2008 crisis and now we have you know, mm. coronavirus pandemic. There will be another if life tells us anything. We're just a bit unlucky to have had two very close together. But what I would say to everyone is go through your spending. Just okay. take a look. Look, it's, it's going to sound really boring and I apologize. But, you know, it's it's life and and. It's worth it. Trust me. The amount you could save for 10 minutes of work, it's worth it. Look, where can you cut back? Be tough on yourself, but don't be miserable. Things like energy bills. Sign up to an auto switching service. They do the hard work for you and you can save hundreds of pounds. Like I said, it might be more than 10 minutes. All right, granted, maybe an hour. Okay, but either way, that's the that's the most money you've earned in an hour. I guarantee you that much. Um, set yourselves goals as well. Like I said, get into good habits. Here's a great one. I'm a massive fan of a pension. You know, as a self-employed person, it is so important. Set yourself a direct debit up to go out on your payday or the day after your payday. You don't notice that it's gone. And as I said, inertia, let Mm. it play in your favour. The reason why all these subscription services offer you 30 days free is because they know you're too lazy to cancel. (laughs) Do the same thing with your savings and your pensions. Be too lazy to cancel. Sadly, a lot of people haven't during the pandemic. They've you know they've stopped or limited the amount of pension contributions think about the tax relief that you get from the government also if you're in a workplace pension scheme your your company will pay money into it as well build up a savings safety net as well this is so Mm. important yeah and as a self-employed person i have been spending the past few years getting that buffer and it made me feel a lot safer to be honest in 2020 i have to say and you mentioned georgie there that some people have seen their costs fall um lots of home working not so much commuting so do you have any tips for people for managing maybe any extra cash that they might have going into 2021 if they haven't spent it all in sales ask yourself what are my financial goals and what i mean by that is do you want to buy a house are you getting mm. married in a couple of years have you just had a child perhaps you're just after a comfortable retirement then you need to look at you know what is my appetite for risk what about your pension as i keep talking about pension <laughs> never forget your pension mm. where are you at the good thing with that take a look at your pots discover where they are if you have find yourself on furlough or you got time off you know this is a really great time to look at all your finances see what you need to be have a comfortable retirement or you might want to pay off your mortgage a little bit early, a little bit extra every month. Watch out for overpayment charges as well. Or if you're trying to buy a house, something like a lifetime ISO, you put in four grand, the government will top it up by a grand. So it's really unique to your personal situation. Yeah, good good advice there. Um, a good tip there from Georgie. And I wanted to ask you, Josh, about when you first started out in comedy, because I'm sure lots of people will listen to this or you know, think, oh, I wonder how he got there. But when you were first gigging, were you doing lots of other jobs to support yourself, I imagine? Yeah, I, I so when I started gigging, I 
I was very lucky in the sense that I had a freelance job. Um, I was a sub-editor on the website at The Guardian. And so I was working shifts there, which obviously was quite good because it it allowed me to to work around what is you know a very unsocial thing to try and do because to be mm. to be a comedian really you need to for a good couple of years when when you're not professional you need to be still giving four or five nights of your week to it if you want mm. to get anywhere which is a huge time drain mm. and I think with a full time job that would have been very difficult I think financially strangely one of the things that was hugely to my advantage was I wasn't earning much money before being a comedian which sounds a strange thing to be to my advantage but you had people that started with me who were lawyers or they were whatever and it was a much because when you make the decision to become a stand-up comedian you're starting with you know you're going to earn 25 grand or whatever a year and so for these lawyers it's a big decision because they're suddenly they've got a wife or a family or a husband or whatever and they've got to make the decision to cut their earnings to a third of what it was mm. and so it was much more difficult but the the fact I was kind of young and freelance and didn't have much money or any kind of things that I needed to pay for made it a hell of a lot easier for me which was a kind of weird blessing at the start of comedy I think financially yeah and I suppose I, I guess you were less daunted about the whole being self-employed and being freelance because you kind of already were in the day job and the comedy was like uh, I think it's fashionable for people to say side hustle to start with yes yeah I I think I think I've always I've got a very freelance mentality it's always suited me Mm. so while other people are kind of put off by that freelance world where you don't know what you're doing from one week to the next and there's well you you do but you know it could all disappear as we've seen in 2020 yeah but like um I found the idea of working for myself and the amount of work you do is the amount you get back and putting out what you get, getting out what you put in and all those kind of positives of freelance. Like, mm. you know, for some people being freelance can feel like a very scary thing. It can feel like, why would I want to do that? I want the security of a job. I think there's a lot of huge positives to it. You're your own boss. You, you know, you can decide when you're going to work. You can decide if you need more money you know it's not like you've just got a pure wage you can you know go, you can work this essentially overtime you can work more mm-hmm. or you can give yourself time off mm. and generally you know certainly when you're starting out the um, effort you put in is often what you get out financially so I think um, those are the positives of being a freelance I think the negatives I found of being freelance is it still to this day I think it's very difficult to not work. It's very difficult to mm-hmm. not worry that mm. it could all dry up tomorrow. Yeah, completely. And I suppose I've realised we're, we're all freelance here. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So I could yeah. not agree with what you just said there more. Yeah. Just, I can. That's one of the things I've really struggled with in 2020 is that getting the balance right. Mm-hmm. Mm. I took on so many jobs thinking, oh, I'm going to be staring down the barrel of a long lockdown. And it got to the point where, you know, it makes you stressed, unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not calling friends. and No, this is not a way to live. So it's getting that balance. But saying that I would not have it any other way in terms of a, that freedom that being a freelancer gives totally you. It's a great. difficult time for freelancers. We know it in terms of the self-employed help that's not forthcoming yeah. uh, from the government, um, largely for people. But I, the freedom that it gives you, not having to 
whistle to the tune of someone else necessarily. Mm. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't change it. I, I think a really good tip, really, for freelance that I've, well, not for everyone, obviously, everyone's different, but what's helped me is I think you need to decide when when you're doing work and when you're not doing work and not mm. find yourself in a position where you're always kind of working. Yeah. yeah. If you know what I mean. So do go, you know, if you can find an area in your house where you do your work. So you go to it to do your work. And that is your work time. And then when you're not there, you're not working. But don't go, oh, I'll watch this thing on TV and I'll potter away at work. Because you'll neither enjoy the thing on TV or do any kind of good work. And I think that's a really easy trap to fall into when you first start out freelancing. And something that I've found really helpful is to really differentiate those two periods in your life. Like you're someone who is commuting into work. Yeah, definitely. And I think what we've all talked about is so also relevant to people who maybe are working from home right now because it's so hard Mm, without that commute to have that differentiation between work and I think that is the thing we're going to see a lot more of whatever people's working situation is in 2021 of trying to have a better work-life balance whatever your situation so so yeah and I suppose thinking back to income we're all sort of um, freelance self-employed people how do you guys manage like the money coming in at different times depending on the busyness and the projects and things like that I try to know what I'm going to spend for the year ish mm-hmm. mm. um, like a budget and, of what you have to kind of make to cover yeah stuff. yeah exactly and then anything else over that I try not to think about it and I try just to go well that stuff is for saving that's going to go you know and so I as long as I'm earning enough for to pay for my year, I try not to um, to let the uh, the extra income affect my day to day life because otherwise, you know, I does that make sense? I, yeah, I, I so you sort of expect it then maybe. And yeah, and it's not can, like an added up, bonus. You can end up spending more because you know that you've got a bit more coming in. So mm. I, what I mean really is I don't react day to day on what job I've just done so if I'm going through a period of a couple of months where I'm not earning much or if I'm going through a period of a couple of months where I'm earning lots I try not to think as long as I know over the year that I'm going to cover what I need to get in I try not to consider what's coming in on a small period of time because um I think otherwise you know you'll you'll see people who spend loads of money and then are chasing their tax bill by doing more mm. jobs and you just go I, I I suppose that's another thing of being freelance really isn't it that mm. is a key skill of being freelance yes yeah, separate to, bank accounts is, and exactly. some of it's for the tax man when people that, don't know this and they're in our industry I'm always like oh man that's you're cruising for a bruising January 31st <laughs> totally agree <laughs> separate bank account for for your tax it's just yeah. absolutely the greatest tip you could ever have for a freelancer because <laughs> that's gonna be the takeaway from this episode <laughs> I, but do you know what i know it sounds simple but when people go oh my god i've got my tax coming up and you go yeah but surely surely you knew that right i don't know i think for my own sanity i have to because uh otherwise i'd be worrying about it all the time but almost that that and uh, if you put a bit more in that tax account than you need for your tax, just mm-hmm. to double doubly sure that you've got enough, then actually when it comes to pay your tax and it's less than the account, 
you actually feel like you're being paid for doing your tax <laughs> rather than paying your tax. tax. It's like a payday. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Put in 5% extra, forget about it, and then actually your tax is a payday. Is that terrible advice, Georgie? Georgie? No, no, I, I, really, li- I really like that. I think that's great. Um, and I think it's, this is really important discussion when it comes to things like negotiating your pay because you've got to remember that the reason that, you know, freelancers in theory as it were could could ask for more money and generally you do for contracting is because we don't get pension we don't get holiday pay Mm -hmm. we don't get sick pay and we have to factor in our tax as well but yeah absolutely you know taxes the absolute bane of all our lives i'm sure of it but have in the back of your mind that little tax uh, assessment and a good tip as well with that is you know there are so many apps that you can use i don't know about you but you're surrounded by receipts and bank statements oh blooming marker pens and all sorts <laughs> i've been saying to myself for ages do it do it do do your tax return now um but I haven't yet. Next, next, next week. So is that sort of your tip for kind of preparing for those, like, what's the right phrase, leaner financial periods? Yeah, look, it's really, it is really difficult as um, a self-employed person to work out how much you're going to need for tax, mm. you know, budgeting, holiday time off, because we all, we all need a break, don't we? Mm. You know, remember the work-life balance, for goodness sakes. But it can Weekend, be quite... who is she? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially, you know, over last year, goodness me. Mm. Um, but, and, and pensions as well. God, I sound right bored, don't I? I keep going on about pensions, <laughs> but, you know, if I say it enough times, it'll go into your, your head, surely. Um, no, it's all you've got to think of these things. You have to think of your long-term future. As I said, no one else is going to do it. You know, make sure that you are putting your money into a savings account or whatever that might be you have a savings buffer you have your pension and try and think about exactly try and think about this as over a year or over a longer term and and even it out so if you get paid let's say a a big amount in one month don't go nuts you know (laughs) just treat it as though you would be paid exactly the same you would in normal times don't Mm. do what's called lifestyle creep because as soon as you get a pay rise or you start earning a bit oh, more, a you, buy an, you buy a nicer outfit, you go to mm. a nicer restaurant, uh, micromanage your finances as well. That's what I'll say. I, it is so important to check, it sounds really dull, but check your, your bank balance every day. It's so easy so to easy do now. now as well, We've right? got, look, it's all on our phones. Just check. If nothing else, I've been defrauded three times. What? I was in one Whoa. terrible year. I don't Whoa. know what, what happened, but... Um, and, and because I was checking every day, I could I could pick it up immediately. I got the money back. It was absolutely fine. But it's so important just to stay on top of stuff. I'm a big list writer as well. You know things like mm-hmm. invoices, and I'm terrible. I'm like, um, you haven't paid me in like three months. Can can you can you pay? Me? No, no, no. Pay me. You absolutely <laughs> should pay me. And if you, I've got really ruthless. If you don't pay me, I'm going to do a charge. I'm going to charge you interest as well. Mm. It's not worked yet. But look, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it, it will one day. You know, I'm like, be ruthless about it because they, they'll think twice about not paying you. You. you need to be paid you should like i said micromanage check daily and and live within live within your means love that and i love that phrase as well lifestyle creep as well i like, like trying to avoid that um we're nearly at the end of the episode i'm sure we could talk all day um but i wanted to ask you both your top takeaway from everything we've said if people remember just one tip that you've given them today what would you love that to be um i think the tips that i've i've got uh, a move to North Yorkshire, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but failing that, you know, I was saying earlier that it's the minor things, but 
Uh, when you said go through your streaming services and think which do you actually use, mm. I know there's loads of things like that that I've got that I can't, haven't got round to uh, getting rid of. And that is genuinely something I go, I could do that. That would take me an hour and <laughs> that would make a genuine difference. And now the fact you've been defrauded three times and you check your bank balance every day, that's sent me into a panic. So I'm gonna, <laughs> that's the other thing I'm going to take with me. Amazing. And you, Georgie? Um I suppose it's all into one. The little and often thing I think is really important. And that can be everything we talk about. If you try and do everything at once, if you like the New Year's resolution, I will be a much better saver. You know, you're setting yourself up to fail. Go easy on yourself. Mm. It has been a really rubbish 2020 for a lot of people, for everyone. If you've got friends and family you love, it's been rubbish for you. If you've lost your job, it's been rubbish for you. Mm. Go easy on yourself. Look at the positives that have come out of it and try and take them forward to this year. That work-life balance is so important. You're not mm. a failure. You're just going to do better next time. Yeah, completely. And finally, um, we always ask our guests this one question. Um, if you could go back to your 18-year-old self and give them a little bit of advice, what would it be? Um, what would be my advice I would give my 18-year-old self? Well, I, th- I think it would be... Um, the genuine advice would be um, don't panic because, you know... <laughs> Were you a worrier? Be, yeah, and it's, if, you, if you think there'll be a point when you're going to stop worrying because you've got to a point where you're going to stop worrying, there won't be. So just try and enjoy the moment <laughs> would be my other... Uh, and uh, on the other side, boot-cut jeans aren't as good as you think they are. Ooh. Yeah, I think that would go for, go Which for is actually me more as well. Than the yeah. worrying. <laughs> what about you, Georgie? Any advice for your 18-year-old self? stick with the bootcut jeans they, they really worked for you um i would say with a twinkle in my eye and my finger against my lips it's a secret there will be tough times but it'll be worth it just go for it oh georgie frost and josh Wedigan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the penny drops thanks for listening to this episode of the penny drops we hope you learned something new and useful to help you with your finances We'd love to hear what you think of the series, so please do leave us a review. Or if you have any comments or money questions you'd like us to cover, you can get in touch at thepennydrops at royallondon.com. This podcast series is brought to you by Royal London, the UK's largest mutual life pensions and investment company. Royal London recommends you seek professional independent financial advice before making financial decisions. All views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and not of Royal London. Royal London.